From London, this is The Standard Podcast, and I'm Mark Blunden. It's one of the glitziest weeks in London's style and entertainment calendar, as this year's BAFTA awards ceremony dovetails with the 40th anniversary of London Fashion Week. On Sunday night, celebrities headed to the annual gala at the Royal Festival Hall on the South Bank. It was a big night for, of course, once more... Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer and also Poor Things starring Emma Stone which scooped seven and five awards respectively although bucking this season's awards trend Barbie went home empty-handed but who were the sharpest dressed stars on the red carpet it comes as London Fashion Week got into full swing at venues around the capital with showcases from flagship labels including Burberry J.W. Anderson and Simone Rocha as well as a host of emerging brands and designers this episode of the Standard Podcast examines not just the bespoke. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Designer creation stars are wearing right now, but also a look ahead to trends to look out for later this year. And hold on to your loafers and suits for the post-pandemic return of office core now we're joined in the studio by evening standard fashion director victoria moss to discover more how would you sum up the style vibe any themes this year people didn't really go for it as much as they have in other award ceremonies um this year it wasn't as kind of zhuzhy as the golden globes the thing is with the red carpet now it's very much owned by big fashion brands who sort of work with the stars and pay them lots of money. So it's become a very transactional, lucrative environment, which means that sometimes the fashion isn't as exciting as you want it to be. So how does that work in terms of who wears what? So brands will have ambassadors. So the stars will be signed with a different designer label. So they're sort of contractually obliged to wear, to dress from a certain brand, which means that kind of in the olden days, you had people taking more risks and just being a bit more interesting and fun with it whereas now it can be all quite safe and pretty which is nice but it's not as not as good sport I think. Ah so who was wearing what or sorry I should say who was wearing who? Who was wearing who exactly? Emma Watson in Louis Vuitton which was this incredible sort of peach one shoulder big giant puffy quite 80s shoulder which was quite similar to her character in Poor Things which did have incredible fashion in it. So she was great and Ayo Edebiri who I'm obsessed with from The Bear she was in this very cool Bottega Veneta sort of peachy colour dress with this sort of extravagant feather boa which apparently she had someone with her sort of walking around behind her picking up her feather boa and Taylor Russell she's an ambassador for Loewe and she was in this incredible white Loewe gown again with lots of feathers 
around the waist and the hem. I feel a bit harsh saying this because obviously everyone made a big effort. But if you had to say in terms of best and worst dressed of the night... Oh, it's tricky, isn't it? It does always feel mean doing the worst. But I, di- I didn't love Emily Blunt in this kind of spangly naked dress, which felt a bit sort of Florida divorcee, but didn't love it. But, you know, she tried. And what did you love? I love Margot Robbie did her kind of Barbie style again in Armani, which I just think is quite fun. And I sort of feel like there's the Oscars are next and then we're probably at the end of her dressing up as Barbie. So I, I, I'm enjoying that. And did anyone go how I might describe as off-piste with their style choice really went sort of uh, out on a limb? I wouldn't say massively. Or there was Emma Corrin. I mean, they're always in a very fashion-forward, cool look. Um, and they're styled by Harry Lambert, who also styles Harry Styles. And they were in this sort of very cool Mew Mew outfit with like a pair of black knickers and a sort of sheer skirt over the top, blue tights, little black crop top, with these big giant sort of teal blue bows on each side. So that was, I think striking and interesting and and kind of cool and when i finally get my baftas invitation yeah um, is the tuxedo still going to be the suit of choice yeah i mean i think men on the red carpet their dressing has very much turned up a notch in sort of recent years if you look at sort of timothy chalamet or last night paul mescal and andrew scott um, you know, they're all, and Barry Keoghan, they are all very fashiony with their looks. Although I would say not as exciting as they have been at previous award ceremonies, but they definitely do a lot more than just a kind of standard tuxedo. Andrew Scott was in this head to toe red look. Ryan Gosling was in this white Gucci suit with kind of red piping all around it, which was fun. So few kind of classic tuxedos these days. Let's go to the ads. Coming up, all the latest from the start of London Fashion Week. Why not hit follow? In the meantime, give us a rating. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all. Jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. What are you covering in Monday's Standard for London Fashion Week in the paper and online? The big show today, so Monday is Burberry Day, essentially, and they have put up this giant tent in Victoria Park. Last season, they were in Finsbury Park. 
this season they're going east so there's a big tent in Victoria Park where their show will be this evening and that's really the hot ticket and it's always Barry he's an ambassador for Burberry so I'm sure he'll be there on the front row Um, I'm sure they'll be trying to mop up lots of the BAFTA stars from last night to get them there as well so that will be very starry and Daniel Lee their creative director this is his third show and there's a little bit of pressure on him because Burberry's results haven't been great there's a lot kind of going on there and it'll be exciting to see what's happening with Burberry's designs these days so they've got Daniel Lee who was previously at Bottega Veneta and was very much credited with sort of reviving that Italian brand and so with Burberry he's essentially been tasked with the same thing to kind of make it modern make it cool and so he's sort of you know reinvented the trench coat and um, he's brought back this sort of big bold blue Burberry check and he's turned this they call it night blue he's really made that the colour of Burberry so it's it's exciting what he's doing and it's it's interesting. What is the global significance of London Fashion Week when you sort of mix it in with Milan and Paris and New York? London has always punched above its weight creatively. We don't have the same money and we don't have the same sort of manufacturing infrastructure that they have in France and Italy. But what we do have is these amazing fashion schools, Central St. Martin's, London College of Fashion, and we essentially supply most of the big global houses around the world with their design talent. And, you know, kids come here from all over to get into those schools. So London Fashion Week is this very exciting creative hotbed, but it's also representative of the British fashion industry which contributes about 21 billion to the economy we employ nearly 900,000 people in this country in the fashion industry which is huge so London Fashion Week is really the kind of banner event for that and it's profiling and showing off these amazing independent small businesses who are really punching above their weight and doing incredible things on sort of tiny shoestring budgets. Who are some of the um, models and celebs we can expect to see on the froze this week? Already we had Rosamund Pike was at Molly Goddard over the weekend, which was fun. And then Erdem had Kristen Scott Thomas and Lily James. Burberry will be the big one tonight. I mean, last season they had everybody from Skepta to Damon Albarn. They always get a really buzzy, fun front row. You've been a long-time writer covering London Fashion Week. In your experience, how has everything changed in terms of the infrastructure, especially since COVID and the way things are done, or has everything gone back to pretty much the way it was? There was certainly a shift after COVID. Obviously, they couldn't have shows and there were a lot of digital presentations, which is is still the case. So I think what's that allowed brands who can't necessarily afford to put onto a show, they can still be part of London Fashion Week with a digital presentation or create a video content. And I think the biggest change really with Fashion Week is that it's gone from being this very closed small shop of industry insiders to being open up to the world. So when I first went, you made notes and people sat on the front row sketching and writing notes about the clothes. No one had cameras. And now everyone has a phone and everyone's videoing everything and sharing it instantly on social media. I did a piece for ES magazine on the 40 years of London Fashion Week. And I spoke to Larry Turner, who was my sort of predecessor in the early 90s. And back then, you know, you went to the shows, you had your photographer that you went with, and they would sort of have a makeshift darkroom in a bathroom to try and pick out the negatives from the pictures to send to the newsroom. You would send your copy down the phone, whereas now you tap it out on your iPhone and it instantly gets put up on the internet. So it is 
technology and the kind of digital era has really shifted how Fashion Week happens. So these shows are all focusing on autumn and winter, even though it's a very long way off. What are we all going to be wearing in autumn, winter 24? There have been two big themes which have come through. And one is this definitely a post-post-pandemic trend, which is this kind of return to what they're calling office core, which is lots of tailoring, loafers are everywhere, shirts, blazers, skirts, trousers. And it's very much moving away from that real streetwear dominance of tracksuits and trainers. You know, there was one point where every show was styled with a trainer and now it's very much the opposite case. Smart shoes, loafers, Mary Janes, they're all much more prevalent than trainers. And the other thing that's quite fun is there's a definite nod to that sort of Saltburn style, that kind of posh country house, kind of slightly over the top glamorous, aristocratic sort of styling dressing happening. Victoria, you mentioned about Burberry. What are going to be some of the other uh, headline events in terms of household name designers? So Erdem showed at the British Museum over the weekend and he was actually in the Parthenon gallery where all the Elgin Margul sculptures are, which was slightly controversial and he's upset the, the Greek cultural minister. But that was a beautiful show. Roxander, who's another big name, her show was over the weekend at the Tate Britain, which was really beautiful. Simone Rocher showed. Um, what about for up-and-coming designers from London? Um, is there an opportunity for them to showcase their work or is it hard to get a, a foothold and hard to get that coverage and attention? Yes, definitely. I think London has always been a place for emerging talent and the British Fashion Council do have a great programme of supporting that talent and getting them to be able to showcase their work. Paolo Carzana is one that everyone's talking about. Dolores Fintacoglu, she showed last night. She didn't show last season because she couldn't afford to put on a show, basically. And she had a very sort of fabulous starry show last night. She had Hari Neff opened her show. Connor Ives is another name who everyone's watching. Saul Nash, Kasna Asker. And there's a real gamut of different styles and different ideas and lots of kind of exciting newness happening. It's reported a lot on the emergence of these smart materials sensors in everything is that particularly prevalent to any of the events have you you've been to or are designers still relying on what you might describe as traditional materials and is there anything that's kind of particularly popular at the moment it's difficult with all those technical fabrics because they're often made of sort of plastic polyesters which is sort of obviously quite problematic i think what lots of london designers are looking to doing is upcycling and recycling and using dead stock or taking old pieces of clothing and turning them into something new and i think that is something that certainly the new generation of designers are very hot on that trying to be more sustainable and using what already exists rather than creating more and more new fabrics There's much more on both these stories in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. We're back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 